Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what and try to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie so uh, my name is alvaro rodriguez i'm the screenwriter for the last rampage as a writer to me i'm less interested in genre and more interested in character and, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of, um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in, in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Hey, welcome to the X-Tots House. This is your host, Kamel Lanjiani. Excited to have Jerry Duggan on the show. Hey, how are you? I'm excited to be here. Uh, so your background on you, we met when you were working on Attack of the Show. Yeah, that's right. On the, the is it called the Dog Days? What is it called? <laughs> yeah. It was when it's like... The, the Last March. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the Last March. It was like, this is over, isn't it? Yeah. Nobody's we... saying it, but... Because I hosted for a week... 
And also, there was, um, everybody was very nice. I know there was one day you called in sick and I was like, that feels about right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was uh, very much, um, we had felt the iceberg impact, many of us previous. And so we were the band sort of playing on the deck uh -huh. as, as the bow started to sink. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. you know what? That was fun. I, I, I hope you had fun. I, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And I learned a lot. I learned to be fast there and not have a memory about what I was writing. And oh, yeah, you just have to write, 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 write. It's like a machine gun. Yeah. I realized doing that that I don't want to host a show as my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. but how valuable is that for you? Because oh, then totally. you sort of get to go, hey, I don't want to go out for that, or I don't want to yeah. take that meeting, or whatever. Definitely, and it was so fun, and not it's not as hard as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Because you're doing it every day, so everyone's kind of fast, and it's like, all right, just do this. But it's not everyone has the skill set to be able to do what you did, and a lot of our other hosts. Yeah. Where, you know, if you can have fun, you yeah. know, then it doesn't matter. Then the mistakes are sort of opportunities to have fun. Yeah. And that was why we... I know. can lie to myself that I'm having fun. <laughs> That's a, yeah. truly a, a skill. A good liar. Yeah. Pretending to have fun. And yeah. there's really no difference. If you pretend to have fun, then it starts being fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was... It was it was fun. Yeah. It was. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, that's where we, I became friends with Myra. And then yeah. I think you and I, the first thing that we ever did was at Meltdown when we did uh, the Star Trek show, I think. Oh, Me that's and right. you and when, Tom Lennon. And, when we used to do that. And then you sort of had, is it a sort of a second career? Yeah. It was writing? a hobby that sort of took off into full-time uh, writing. We... Um, Brian and I had uh, Brian Posehn and I had written years ago a, a comic book about Santa Claus after the apocalypse, and it was very silly, but we had a lot of fun, and that led to other opportunities. And uh, when Marvel uh, was shuffling their creative teams, they offered us Deadpool, and that really changed uh, your, my whole life. Your whole I mean, career, yeah, I yeah, mean, for you sure. Now write a bunch of comic books. Yeah, I do. I'm I'm exclusive to Marvel. I'm writing uh, Deadpool. I've got an Avengers book called Uncanny Avengers, and then I'm writing Chewbacca uh, for That's Marvel so Lucasfilm, and it's really, <laughs> you know, it, it feels not real sometimes to be able to go. Oh, I think I'll write some Chewbacca today. Yeah, like, I'm in a Deadpool mood. And is it how like with the canon stuff? Because the Star Wars universe is yeah. so huge. Is it like a specific thing that they're like, it's got to fit in time wise between these movies? And yeah, they asked right now all the comics that Marvel uh, and uh, Disney and Lucasfilm are publishing are between uh, A New Hope and Empire. So these characters wow. can have sort of shared adventures in there or solo adventures in there. They, I think that timeline will move forward as things progress, but yeah. right now that's. That's where Chewbacca is set, anyway. And uh, how many yes, uh, episodes? How many it's, issues? It's going to be five issues uh, drawn by Phil Noto, so it'll be worth it for, for his contribution alone. Um, and we get, we get to do, I think, a lot of fun, uh, hopefully some unexpected things with, uh, with Chewie. And it's yeah. a little bit of a Western. You know, we don't... There's no internal cap box there's no narration for Chewie you know we're not giving right. you what he's thinking so he's actually roaring and you Sound know like yeah <laughs> Mondays <laughs> space Mondays space Mondays <laughs> uh, is Han in it 
Uh, right now, uh, the the miniseries uh, are don't have too much of the other main characters. Okay. So Han is not in this, but so, Chewbacca is, and there may be some fun stuff at the end that I, I okay. If a red yeah. dot appears on my head, the, yeah. I'm being scoped in by the. But there is, uh, I think, if if you're a Chewbacca fan or even just a Star Wars fan, there's things that go back to the f- first film that we had yeah. a lot of fun with. That that the story group, those people responsible for sort of curating the new um, Star Wars yeah. mythos, all sort of rubber stamped enthusiastically. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. Um, and so we've talked about Exiles before. You're a big Exiles fan. Huge Exiles fan. I can't believe it's taken this long to get. Good this things set come up. to those who wait. But I don't know why it took this long because I've, I've known you were a fan. So we watched two episodes. We watched Kaddish and Unrequited. And Kaddish is the one with the Hasidic Jews and the Golem. Yes. And Unrequited is the one where the uh, Vietnam War vet can make himself invisible. Um, these episodes are like pretty sort of like straight down the middle. Totally. X-Files-y X-Files. This yeah. Is, they're not big mythology. They're not doing anything super crazy. They're both sort of pretty... Meat and potatoes X-Files. Yeah, they're like Monster of the Week. Yeah. What do you think of Cash? I I liked it more, I think, uh, on the rewatch than I did maybe even back in the day because we're sort of getting into the golden era of X-Files where, yeah. you know, there's so many, like, super, you know, masterpiece episodes. Yes. And so, um, you know, it, it almost, a, a quality episode like that could sort of seem diminished sure. only because of yeah. the giants around it. And so yeah. I really liked it. Um, you know, I liked the way that it was shot. Um I thought it looked great. Some of the things that, like, you know, I knew that they were in Vancouver. And, you know, you start to feel a little bit that maybe sort of the quality uh, Judaica wasn't around. In some some of the far shots, I was like, man, that looks like Odenkirk in, like, a white beard in the background, you know. Just, like, the Hasidic sort of hair and makeup. And, uh, look, I feel like that's kind of tough to lay it, you know. It's tough criticism to sort of have about that now. But but it did... Those were sort of the things uh, that that stand out that you're like, I wish you could sand that edge. But as a story... I mean, how cool is it that, like, there was a Jewish column? Like, well, no one else was going to sort of tell that story. That is the cool thing about having to tell 24 new stories everywhere is that you're like, all right, what if we we haven't done the the column? Let's do a column episode. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because X-Files does this quite often where they sort of get into a subculture. So that was like... One about Chinese immigrants. Yes, yeah. Um, This one clearly is about that community and the challenges they face. And um, I thought it was interesting because the people who hate him really fucking hate him. They really do. Jews made AIDS? Is that a thing? I've never heard that. I would sort of watch that X-Files episode, the pamphlet about the guy. Yeah, Yeah. that was like, what is... Can we just read the entire pamphlet? Because I want to hear what the theory is. I know. They really, really hate him. Uh, the the thing I before I went back and watched it I googled the episodes and just sort of refreshed myself about yeah. w- what was what because it had been a few years since I have done a rewatch um, but 
the, the one criticism that was online that said, well, these racists are sort of cartoonish. Yeah. And so I went in with that thought in my head and I was like, these racists aren't cartoonish. No more cartoonish than the racists that are out in our real life now. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't stand out as anything more outrageous oh. than like the lunatics around us. Yeah, the stuff that Trump said. Yes. Where people just... believe that immigrants bring rape with them. Yes. A, we need a rape protection wall or something. What and it's just like, about? I guess it makes the pamphlet that says that the Jews yeah. made AIDS a lot less crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it totally does because we're in this weird world where it seems like we're making progress with equality, <laughs> yes. but then also there's a reaction to that that's that stuff where people truly believe that people in other countries are evil and, and filthy. And the the way that the like all of the, the the truth of it is just lost, where you know there was a star this week that said, Well, Trump's a self-made man, you know, and it's like not even Trump believes that. He was yeah. born rich, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't mean to derail us into Trump no, town, but no, like I, I just as a, talking about the, the the racism and the xenophobia in the episode. Just oh yeah. As you look around, the X Files has aged very well. Un- yes. Unfortunately, it unfortunately, really, really has because they. I mean, I feel like we're more xenophobic now than I. Although now oh, yeah. you haven't, you know, really yeah. changed things a little bit, but it's still. It's still a little bit like that. Yeah. But, um, I thought this episode, it, it starts off, so, you know, you know pretty much in the beginning that somebody's making a golem. Yeah. You see it. Yeah, oh, you practically, right? I think you even see the first breath on the way into the, the credits, sort of the mud. Oh, the that's mud, cool. I think, yeah. I think that's what happened. I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Yeah. So there's no, like, real mystery to it the big twist comes it's that the daughter yes the daughter and not the and i I had forgotten that actually in the episode when it happened when i watched it it was like oh my god like i I, they did that part of it really well yeah they did and like you said it's a really well shot episode too and that whole thing at the end when she meets the golem and stuff i thought the golem makeup was cool oh great yeah and but when they when he started to break down was that also cg where it, looked there, like it was great it was both i think yeah. it was practical and there was a little bit of visual effects of they sort of put the veins on the forehead of it almost looked like he was sort of dehydrating to death it was really cool yeah like and it was the, really well done yeah and also it makes it it made it like really sad yes. it's, uh, you know I thought it was a by the numbers episode no real twist turns out it's the daughter I was like alright that's cool that's yeah. good but then how the the last scene where she wipes the letter from his hand yeah. is like really sad where she's like oh this is my husband and I'm saying goodbye to him but it's like a monstrosity yeah it's like a dark wedding you know yeah. it was cool that like it wasn't a problem that they could sort of shoot their way out of I mean, Mulder tried. He emptied a clip into the golem. and was like, oh, this right. isn't working. Right. And then, you know, love was the answer. It was yeah. good. Well, she, and, and he sort of, there was a little bit, so many movies have that, you know, Iron Giant, I am not a gun, that moment. Yes. Where they're like, you are, fight. The, yeah. And yeah. so that, this has that moment too. But it really is like really sad in this one because it's, it looks like her husband, but it's not. But then he does have a little bit of his humanity in there, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it worked. It's um, it's hard 
with a lot of these sometimes when they go to these subcultures you can feel condescending like there's a yeah one where it's like mexican immigrants but this one didn't feel that like, was the chupacabra right the, yes, the the, chupacabra yeah the chupacabra one. <laughs> yeah that one was pretty yeah that one's tough yeah <laughs> yeah it is a tough one also i noticed that this episode was like kind of a slow episode they i thought both episodes were sort of had a slow pace to them yeah um a, well, uh, well, I'm jumping ahead, but I totally agree. And, and that can be good and that can be bad. I felt like it was a, it dragged a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was a little slow and it's also, you know, it's like... What I did like about it is the uh, Mulder and Scully sort of having different points of views, the justice versus retribution, like vengeance thing. Yeah. Where Mulder's like, well, in a way, it's justice. And she's like, no, this isn't right. I'm just going around killing people. Yeah, and then, you know, the, like... She was like, "This is a hoax and not a not a great one." At the beginning, you yeah. know, it was like, "This is just the the uh, to obfuscate the truth," you know. Yeah, this is it's totally like a down the middle Scully take too, where she's like, "Ah, this couldn't, this couldn't have." What do you, what does he say? Mulder says when he's like talking to the racist. Oh guy. yeah, he and dropped like the, yeah two. <laughs> Years yeah. ago. They're oh, talking right. about coming back, a Jew coming back from the dead, and he's like, it was done pretty well. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And he says, you look like you could be a Jew. Like, what, yeah. what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> my, my, my wife noticed the, the glasses on the on the print shop racist were very sort of like, uh-oh. When you see those oh. glasses on a guy, you're like, this is not good. Oh, he's the either red flag glasses. A, yeah, the rape glasses or like the, the monster glasses. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Big sort of frames and. I also like that that guy was a racist, but he was against murder. Like that was the yeah. Because <laughs> yes. those kids were like, "Let's kill people." What are you doing, murdering people? Yeah. I just wanted you to hate them. Yeah, you know? just spread hate. Yeah, I just am trying to tell the <laughs> truth. But that's so. Uh, yeah, there was fun. a line. Yeah, yeah what is the line? I like I like the makeup on the dead body. It's all like goofed up. His face is all yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And the the book when the when the um, I guess it was the Kabbalah text yeah, when that burned. That yeah, yeah, I mean that was great. Yeah, a lot of good special effects that were very subtle. I wonder if they had because here this is um, season four, and I've watched a bunch of classic episodes here. Yeah, it certainly does feel like. Do you think they're like? I don't even know if they're swinging for the fences in all of them. I mean, there are, like, when you do 24, there must just be some that become, like... I mean, I wouldn't call this a bottle episode, but it only had a few major sets, and a lot of them were dark, like the attic and the... uh, I guess it was a renovated church that they made into a synagogue. And I thought the, the most interesting thing, and this is right on the Wikipedia page, was that ring... Did you hear anything about the the ring that she used at the end uh-huh. uh, was a real um, ring used in ceremonies that were that uh, belonged to a rabbi that was a Holocaust survivor. Oh, and so wow. Howard Gordon, uh, who yeah. wrote the episode, I guess that was he borrowed the uh, the ring from a family friend to to use it in the show. Oh, that's and cool. it's sort of striking. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's one of the most visually interesting pieces in the episode. Howard Gordon is the one who does a lot of the subculture episodes. He yeah. goes to smaller groups and stuff. Was he is he also the Howard Gordon I sh- yes, <laughs> this is. yeah, who did twenty four and, and and uh um, Homeland, Homeland, right? Homeland. That's wow. That, that's that guy. I'm really enjoying this new season of Homeland. I haven't seen any but of it. But it's I uh Is it worth getting into from the beginning? Uh 
I don't know. I'm so, um, uh, like, I have to be so choosy. I know you do too about like how much stuff we I get know. committed it's like if to. It's not amazing. What yeah. Watching. And it'll always be there for you. I, I think it, it has its ups and downs and it sort of suffers sometimes from um, needing to, you know, keep characters around maybe longer than they might. Uh-huh. But they do the hard thing eventually with a lot of them and that's great. They, you know, the, I've heard a lot that the language is not right and all, and usually that stuff doesn't bother me. I'm like, get over it. But with this, like, I know it would bother totally. me. Totally. So that's the thing. I'm like, I don't want to. Life is too short. If yeah. there's something else out there that you haven't seen, you know, that you're I'm like. I'm watching a crazy anime right now. So you know, oh, I'm cool. finding time for weird shit. Yeah. I fell into Destiny. That, oh, like I, I've been playing the Taken King a lot, so even what, the it. stuff that I was watching. I mean, I I have to be very careful because I have so many yep. deadlines. But yeah. like I keep everything running on time, and then yeah. I usually stay up an hour too late playing that. Do you play with people you know? Yeah, uh, Phil uh, Phil Noto yeah. and I were out in outer space in yeah. Destiny talking about Chewie, and oh, uh, so there's great. a couple other writers. There was oh, years awesome. ago during the first iteration of Xbox Live, uh, there were a lot of writers. Playing playing the shoot 'em ups and talking yeah. and having fun and then it went away and now it's kind of come back in a weird way. I know that whole crew of like Hossein and yeah. Paul Tompkins and they were all playing Halo. Halo, yeah, I was yeah. I was part of that. The Hollywood Halo Social Club. Hollywood Halo Social the Club. dumbest the dumbest long every Friday night from about six at night to six in the morning on That's Saturday. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was crazy that we wanted to do it. A, it was crazier that we did do it. And it then, is so fun. like, you know, Paget hosted it and it was just oh, like, was that yeah, house? she just was like, hey, uh, you know, I was like, why do you let us get away with this? She's like, well, you're not out drinking and gambling is and crashing lying? your cars. No, she wasn't really interested. So, how, she was just friends with you guys? <laughs> yeah. And she was just, I didn't know that she was around <laughs> the scene that long. Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, she took us in, you know, she was, when, when a lot of us too, it was, look, I, I, I was, I was struggling then, you know, it yeah. wasn't like I was going to be doing anything out, yeah. out and about on the town, you know, yeah. work, working on specs and that sort of thing. So it was basically Xbox Live before the network, because we would bring four TVs and four, four TVs. Xboxes yeah, and network so it all for an hour. Yeah. It was crazy. Cheap fun. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we're playing the new Halo. Oh, yes. Are you in? Yeah. That's great. And we were playing last night, and I truly, truly, truly love it. I can't wait. That's, um, and and I'm going to, uh, hopefully I'll see you on Hoth. I figure, are you going to do Star Wars Battlefront? Yes. Yeah, me yes. too. Yeah, that comes out soon, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in this one. I was like, wait, is she going to marry the golem for a second? It sort of was like an unmarrying ceremony, right? It was a marriage, but it it, it was cool that, you know, the the love sort of was the thing that pierced the the veil. You know, the bullet, the lead didn't work, but the love got through. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and, and you know what? That could have been very dangerous, you know? Yeah, it's tough to do. That's a tough needle to thread. I think she was great, the woman. Oh, she was fantastic. She was great. And I'm trying to remember where I saw... Saw her. Like I feel like I've you seen see her around in other things, but yeah. no, maybe not recently. Um, it's uh, um, oh yeah, and he tries to kill his own father-in-law too, right? Yeah, I mean when they walk in, there's like you know he's hanging. And Mulder, yes, that's right. And Mulder is, is so sure that it's the bottom that he starts shooting this thing right when it first goes down. No, like, yeah, that like that guy. could have been just like a delivery guy. Like, yeah, lost. He just starts shooting. 
<laughs> the face was super cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just a good... And it's in lovely memory of Lillian Cat, who is his grandmother, Hawthorne's uh, grandmother. Okay. Um, so I thought that that was sweet. Yeah, I, I thought it was a real strong standalone episode yeah. that has aged well. Uh, and let's go to Unrequited now. Yeah. Um, this is the one... This guy can make himself... He can't quite make himself invisible. He can make himself so that people don't see him. Because there's a blind spot. A, yeah, something. he can sort of do something where he's moving where your eye can't see. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting about this right away? Is you immediately are seeing Mulder and Scully do what you think an FBI agent would be normally doing. Meaning, like, right from the get-go, they're sort of... At an event where yeah. a general's speaking and yeah. FBI agents are patrolling the crowd. Yeah. And so, you know, to everyone who is always saying, and sometimes Scully sort of references oh, it too, yeah. where it's well, like, don't we have better can... things to do? Yeah. As a matter of fact, we do. This there is are the real other. One. This is the, yeah. And then all of a sudden, when that assassin in the crowd yeah. takes a step back, you're like, oh, cool. This is, it's here we go. It's an yeah. X file. Um, again, there's another group of people who are sort of mistreated yeah. and ignored or, uh, and, um, you know, it's one of those where like, as soon as you see them, they're both about like sort of righteous vengeance, right? Both oh, yeah. episodes are. Yeah. And this one, as soon as you see the bad guy, you know, it's like a war veteran, you know, the bad guy is kind of the good guy. Yeah. The, at the end, it's weird that... So there are still POWs there? Is that what they say? I mean, that was sort of the... The what, list is so long. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, it was certainly a good place to plant an X-File. Yeah. And you just hope that none of that ended up being true. But like, No. Ooh, it's brutal. It's, it's scary. horrible. It doesn't seem like that would be happening because there's no reason for them to do it. Why but, would they hold on to people? No, I think anyone that was left yeah. there was like... Or, or was, you know, sort of like Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, where it's like, I don't want to go back. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't imagine there were too many, if any, of those guys either. But, like, you know, a lot of crazy shit happens in war. And so this was sort of this crazy thread that they pulled for put an assassin yeah. you know there that sort of learned some tricks over in the war it's a, it's a neat idea There's, they also do that thing a lot this happens a lot and did you see that TV show Manimal it's always like they go and they learn <laughs> yes. tricks from yes. the natives yes. Yes. magic you remember Manimal <laughs> I was do remember Manimal learning yeah. different animals from some, I forget the specifics of where he learned it from but Native Americans I forget yeah, and it was always, wasn't it like a, uh, I felt like it was supposed to be a black cat, but it, it was some other large cat that they probably spray painted black. You oh, know? Really? I don't know. I, I just remember that. like looking at it and going, this doesn't quite look right. <laughs> Whatever I'm looking at. I remember the guy who did like the narration for it. Yeah. In the beginning was the guy who did narration for so many TV shows. He had like a crazy like Manimal. Manimal. Yeah. He had a great voice. In 1976, but, a crack commando. You, exactly. You know, like that, weekend, that, yeah, kind yeah. Of voice, <laughs> that kind of narration. Yeah. I like that. But they're like, I just, they can't Google yeah. what this show is about. <laughs> yeah, that's just right. put it in the beginning. Title card. That's why all those openings were like 90 seconds. They're like, yeah. we have to re-tell every, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Instruct our audience. Yeah, even when 18 was huge, it oh, was yeah. like, we have to tell them every single time this is what the premise is. I wasn't allowed to watch the 18 because uh, oh, my really? parents thought it was too violent. 
And that was the news story, you know, that they probably, you know, it was oh, like, oh, A-Team is so violent, violence on TV, violence on Prime yeah. And then when I finally did see it, I was like, man, there's like a cartoon, like everyone, the bullets are going around people. Nobody got hit. Nobody oh, yes. got hurt. Nobody it's died. very tame. Yes. It's Again, the tamest it's thing. people who've been wronged. Yeah. Yeah. Just like our episode here. Um, I like that this guy has like the hearts, the king of hearts. Like yeah. He has the, hearts he has the death around. cards. Yeah, and I thought this guy was good too. I've seen him in. Something. Yeah, I, I've seen that assassin around. Uh, yeah, he's he's really good, and I thought the, all the the you know the assassinations, the hits, you know, leading up to the end were really cool too. I mean, you yeah. see the, is the first time you see him in the limo? That's the first hit, right? And yes, the, I think. And so. then what a great sort of you know he's there. The driver doesn't see him, yeah. and the driver's. You know, Mulder sort of... The only problem I sort of had was Mulder had sort of caught on to it a little earlier. That happens a lot. It happens a lot. And I understand why. You have to move things forward. But also... It's about velocity. It's it's hard because Scully's always wrong and Mulder's always like... Like, there's a part yeah. where the woman's eye starts bleeding after the guy disappears in front of her. Right. And Mulder is like, we're together in an eye exam. And Scully's like, Why? Her eye is bleeding. Yes. <laughs> she should go to the doctor. She's yes. like, probably just pours the vessel. Yeah. Have you ever cried blood? Yeah. I mean, that's Doctor Scully. Yeah. yeah, you're a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Let her go to the hospital. <laughs> Clearly, I promise you, if I have a friend whose eyes start bleeding out of nowhere, rush them. Party's over. Yes. Yeah. We're leaving the bar right now. <laughs> I'll drive you somewhere. You're not gonna drive. Yeah. No, you can't see. I'm going to make it out like you can't see, and we're going to get you to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, clearly, this is a huge emergency. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, like, so lackadaisical about it. She's like, it's fine. But but so that's what the problem that happens with Scully sometimes in these episodes is that yeah. she goes out of her way to not believe. Although the thing is super crazy, but then even, like, the little stuff, like, Scully should be like, yeah, let's, let's just get her to the doctor. But here yeah. she's fighting Mulder so hard yeah. that... Um, there's another episode called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's got Tony Todd in it, and it's the same kind of thing. It's a, it's an ex-military guy, and they've all been experimented on sleepless. Oh, yes, sleepless, and right. And they, they can enter people's, like, Dr- Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, that's sort of their nod to Kruger, it felt like. Freddy yeah, Kruger, a little bit. Like Especially in the first couple of seasons, they did a lot of, like, obvious yeah. homages. There was, like, a Sons of the Lambs one. There's a Thing one. Yeah. Which I thought was a cool way to, like, find your show where you're like, all right, these are the things we like. Let's do our twist on it and figure out what the voice of our show is. You had mentioned it earlier, and it's worth remembering. 24 of these in a season. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you couldn't imagine that today. You know, it would be no. split up. You'd see them over 18 months, not yeah. six months. You I know, mean, the or, one that's coming out, they're doing six episodes. Yeah. And it's like the biggest deal. They did six. Yeah. That's a fourth. It was just a different era of television where it was like, yeah. we do our 24, we get to syndication after 200. Now you can syndicate earlier. I think that's why it did. Oh, it was. now I think it's 100. Is it now, it's a, now it's down to 100, right? I think it used to be 200. Was it? I think. Yeah, I mean, you did 24 shows that's a year. That's crazy. And you're just, I mean, this is your life probably nine or ten months out of the year. Yeah. You can understand why eventually the X-Files sort of, or, you know, Duchovny was like, we're going to Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He just got married. I totally get it. Like, like, 
for me, I love working at home. We start Silicon yeah. Valley next week, and now I'll get to be at home for the next like four months. It's the best. Yeah, that's great. I've been like all over. I was in Atlanta a bunch, and I love Atlanta, and I love. But but it's not the same. I work out of the house too, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, I'm right in this room. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Um, I also like how they sort of get Skinner involved personally in it. Th- that was one of my favorite parts, and you you open on him right away because yeah. few and far between are sort of the meaty Skinner episodes. Yes. There was the one where he was framed for murder and yes. that sort of thing, and yeah, that was great. That one, yeah. But any time that you can work him in like that and and have it not be him, yeah. and it is awesome because he was I, one of my favorite parts. He's amazing, and I like I like to see I like seeing the emotional Skinner. Yeah, he's he's a hard ass. But it's such a hard. In a way, he's like the most noble character on the show, the least, the most like selfless. And that Mulder's clearly got an agenda. Yeah. Scully has her own things going on. Uh, Skinner is the one who's always he's always doing the right thing. Totally. He has no ulterior motive. He just wants to do the right thing. Although it is cool when they throw shade on him, where yes. they, you know they, they were like, "Oh, who's he really working for?" Is well, he's him, in like, a tough position. He and is. he's compromised at and one point. And he has to, yeah, he has to make deals with the devil yeah. often. Um, the right hand, that's like the company, that's like the um, uh, the subgroup the, yes. of the veterans. What are they exactly? Are they like a militia? What are they? I mean, I guess they're a group that is trying to get uh, the message out. That, uh, I mean, I don't know. In a weird way, the POW flag, I felt like, was more effective than like the, you know what those guys were doing. Yeah. And, you know, in real life, it was sort of seeing the stickers and hats and everything yeah. everywhere. My old man was a, a, a Viet, is a Vietnam vet. And so, you know, we went to the wall and sort of... I, I was... That was one of the most emotionally moving uh, things uh, in my young life was being there at night when you can see your reflection behind the names. Oh. And my my dad found something that was left by someone he knew over there who had been. And, you know, the, the little the artifacts and remembrances don't stay very long. They're collected. Yeah. So within 24 hours, he had just missed someone. That Someone he served that with. Okay. Yeah, which was just crazy. I don't know so much about it. I just know that it was such a crazy terrain and there was no real strategy. So it was just these people in the jungle. You're just trying to do your time and get home. Yeah, yeah, they, they were not equipped for this. War has changed. Now it's drones and missiles and totally. snipers. That was like you're in a jungle and have no idea what's going on. You may not be able to find the country on a map. Right. But you were there oh, sure. and, you know, it felt very much like, you know, uh, and I hate to make this, you know, about the politics again, but, you know, so many of the uh, figures in our life that are either in power or trying to seek power are, they got deferments nonstop. You know, oh, my, yeah. you know, the Trump had a bunch of deferments oh, and, sure. you know, uh, my old man was, uh, there, there was no money, uh, to put him into medical school. So when his turn came up, he was serving, you know, that was it. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it just felt like you were drafting sort of the poor people to go fight for this. For sure. And so, it, I don't know, that's, it resonated with me for that reason too. No, and I, and I really think it's still obviously an issue, like the VA totally. and stuff, and um, um, you know, how a PTSD is treated and how... I mean, nowadays is. it's, yeah, that's even, 
you know, and the brain injury stuff is just whenever I can. There's a, a, a there's a charity called Wounded Warriors that's really good too. We try to send comics or games or whatever that try and help uh, you know guys coming back. But you know, the, so for that reason, this episode sort of also sticks out in a, in a good way of yeah. you know someone sort of fighting f- for those soldiers who you know, we're more or less disposable for their country. Yeah, it's good because these are, you know, they're sort of using these episodes to actually sort of make a point or bring something to light or something. And yeah. It's, uh, it really is a lot about, it's not just like window dressing. It's not just like, oh, it's a soldier who came back. It really is a lot about sort of the plight of these vets and how they're treated and things like that. It, it's... When he ran into his friend, who's like, hey, Tiger, Tiger, yeah. I thought that was cool, too. Yeah. He, can you imagine? I mean, you think your friend is dead, and then you see him again, and it was like this other land, and this other crazy life you had for uh, a little while. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, so so that part of it I really liked, um, and... Is this one a Howard Gordon one, too? I think it was. I think it know? was, and I, th- I remember reading that, I think... There was uh, like someone in his family is an eye doctor, and so they were talking about ways. So look, obviously, I don't think the science is quite there, but sort of the idea that you could have like a detached retina and just not be able to see something is is interesting. They do a good job always in the X Files of having enough. Yes, it is Howard Gordon. Yeah, enough of the enough science in there. Or enough something in there. So in the last one, the the Gollum one, there was enough like mythology in yes. there to like sort of. It's not just completely out of thin air. Yeah. Um, and in this one too, they do enough. This is more sciencey. They do enough like oh, this blind spot, move it around. That's all we want. That's all you need. We don't. You, need if you it. try to overexplain it, you end up into like midichlorian territory. Exactly. Like, no, no, no. Reverse, reverse. Right. You know, where yeah. you just need that little bit you to get you to. You just need a little bit. Yeah. X Files, for the most part, ninety percent of the time, is really good at explaining just enough to be like, all right, now I buy it. This guy can make himself invisible. Totally. Fine. Once you're there, you, then you can kind of do anything. Once right. they're on the hook with, okay, there's some science. We don't know how it works, but I'm, I believe. Then yeah. the story can take all kinds of crazy twists. The other thing that I saw is really good at, that I think most sci finds to be good at, is like you get one buy, right? So right. So in this one, there's one thing you gotta buy. This guy can make himself invisible in this way. You buy this one thing, and then the rest of it's pretty grounded and realistic. Totally. Same with the other one. Like you just have to buy. She makes a golem. That's it. Everything else plays out yeah. after you've like bought it. One, you have to like do one leap. And then there's some X Files where there's a couple leaps. I mean, I thought that was the problem a little bit with the second X Files movie was yeah. that there were, it had too many buys. It's like it's a priest who can see the future, and it's a guy who's sort of trying to become immortal. It was just too many buys. Right. I, I remember um, that experience of that movie that was just, it just, it didn't feel, it felt almost like a committee sort of put that one together. It just, it, or it just felt like it wasn't quite baked. It, well, you know, it happened during the writer's strike, so they couldn't do rewrites on it. Oh. Yeah. It's such a bummer. That's a, I think yeah. this new one, the new season's going to be great. I've seen the first episode. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, they premiered it at New York. I couldn't go. I was there, but I I would have loved to have seen it. I've seen the first episode, and I've seen my episode. What, what episode are you in? Episode three. And now that was written 
or maybe this is if you can't say this that was written by the, the, yes who yeah. wrote I think one of the best episodes not just of the X-Files one of the best hours of television ever yeah. Clyde Buck yeah. Bruckman's final repose right yeah. like, that's him yeah. and he wrote and directed my episode and it's it's really great now what has he done between those things or is he sort of just a writer is, is he sort of the X-Files John Swartzwelder oh like, is he, I guess he is a in a weird like way that. he's very he's very smart he's done this show twice oh that's super great super smart very funny very nice just I think he's very particular and opinionated sure and doesn't you know he likes his freedom so if he gets into a situation, I think, I mean, I haven't talked to him about this, but if he gets into a situation where someone's giving him notes he doesn't agree with, he's not like, God, that's like, crazy. oh, because he is a genius. Yeah. He's like, I am 100%, right? So when I talked to him and we talked about like specific <laughs> episodes, like, this episode's so great. And he was like, ah, oh, they won't let me do this one thing. And to me, it's such a small thing that is missing, but to him, it's all he can think yeah, of. Yeah, I'm, ugh. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's a genius. Um, I like the part where, like, so when the guy, there's one part in the Pentagon where the guy goes and sees the death card and then he walks in. Oh, yeah. So what's the logic of it? He's gone in, dropped the death card, left, and then walked back in? I guess that's right. I didn't pick up on that. He's just like, I got to have to do the death card thing. It's such a cool move. Maybe he had to use the can and, you know, he was in the shitter invisibly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't think his shit would be invisible, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, boy, that would be a very confusing thing to happen upon. Yeah, yeah that's it was. Another buy. Yeah, you see, yeah, the, 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 you see it, you smell it. But imagine seeing it arrive from an invisible body would also be very confusing. Some tele- uh, teleporting like, poo. Yeah, it's like a magical soft soap. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's stop. Um, I like that Mulder, you can see him out of the corner of his... Uh, of yes. His That's like pro- a good specific sci-fi thing. And it helps the visualization of it. It's yes. not just that you're looking at nothing. You have yes. something to sort of be afraid of. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that too. It's like a specific, like, there are some rules and these are the rules and we stick to these rules, but these are like, we made up these rules, but that's why I don't like horror or sci-fi where there aren't rules. Like, yeah, like that's what, what my problem with the ring was. I was like, I don't understand what the rules or the reality of it. Right, like, right, right. They're coming into, I, I just, I just wanted to be. And then that happened later with on Elm Street too, where the rules got a little weird. Yeah. As it went on. Yeah. I, uh, I think having invisibility would be one of the coolest superpowers. I know flight probably is up there as number one it's just for less everyone. It's practical flight. It's less practical. I think invisibility is more practical. It is, although if you could fly, the feeling of flight would sort of trump everything. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you can't take stuff. Time, I mean, flying like, with a suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, you have to fly with a suitcase. You're holding a heavy one suitcase. Carry-on. A one carry-on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just see the, the bag flying by. Because you don't have super strength. If you're only getting one power, you're not just getting the Superman power set. That's very so, true. So you, it's whatever you can carry. I think you'd have to do. You'd have to go to different cities, buy up stuff, and yep. then have wherever you want to go. You you just have to have stuff there. Yes. Initial investment. You need a little bit of funding to get this going. But yeah. then... Once you have stuff going, <laughs> maybe a book, you travel with one book. Yeah, you have a Kindle in your back pocket. Yeah, you have a Kindle in your back pocket, you're flying and 
And I bet the first 10 times it's magical. I bet at a certain point it's like, okay. Yeah. I oh god, the birds. Yeah, I forgot yeah. my goggles or whatever. Oh, the bugs. I gotta go back. Is, what would you do with invisibility? Because th that's one that's a very sort of gray area there. No, I mean, I mean, it immediately lends itself to sort of the chaotic evil, chaotic neutral yep. it's all uh, evil. Various. Yeah, it's all sort of... Uh -oh. There's nothing good can... can yeah, there's really not. Yeah. Um, I was, my first thought was, walking at night in a scary neighborhood, <laughs> I would just be invisible. Nobody would mug me. Nobody would mug me. Um, Nobody I, would stop for you, though, when you wanted to cross the street, either. <laughs> no one would know that you were very there. Good point. Oh, wow. Life would be very, very dangerous. Um, I would certainly use it at parties a lot. But oh, what a great Irish goodbye! That yeah, <laughs> that's so but yeah. True. You don't have to say goodbye to anybody. The worst part. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's not what this guy did. He went straight to murder. He went straight to murder, but like just but righteous, yeah, righteous, righteous murder. Righteous murder. Yeah. You're right, though. That goes back to exactly what you said at the beginning, which is you obviously he's the villain, but the villain is in quotes. Yes, exactly. Which is always whenever the monster is someone that you can... Yeah, that you sympathize with. Yeah. Oh, it's so that's important. That's another thing I thought was really good at. There was one we did recently with the guy who eats cancer. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, he straight up murders people who don't deserve to be murdered. But you can see that it, he doesn't want to do it. He has to do he it. He has to do I, it. I like those kinds of bad guys. I wish we had a little bit more time with the bad guy in this one. Like we see his point of view and we see him talking a little bit. I wish we had one sort of a little bit of a breakdown moment or something like the things I've seen, like some sort of thing like that. Totally. Well, you know what's interesting is they reused, the, I think, the entirety of the teaser in the episode, which like you could have cut that way down and then had more time for that. Did I don't know. Do you really? I think they I were think, filling time. I think they were filling time. I remember being like, wait, why are we seeing all of this again? Because the expectation there is, well, something is different. You know, you're going to see something in a new way or there's going to be a revelation. And when it doesn't happen, yeah. it's almost glaring. Yeah, it's crazy. Because all you need to do is show a five second part of that scene. Oh, we're back in that scene Yes, now. we're back we in that scene. We, sh we see quite a bit of exactly the teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, I didn't like when he died. I was, the whole time I was yeah. like, he's gonna die and I'm not gonna like it. That is the one bummer too of like, you know, uh, very rarely do any of these guys sort of, like the pusher got to come back. Very rarely. Very rarely, which like two people is usually it's a good thing where it's like at least this is tied up and I'm I'm not going to be wondering. Yeah. But in this case, yeah, it would have been nice to have. Oh, there's a guy out there. Yeah, he disappears. He wins. I think that he could, he's earned that victory. Yeah. Um, I, this was also like a boots on the ground episode where like there, there's yeah. no moment where they're in the office or slowly like it's they're like out and about from the beginning. Yeah. And at the very top, I, I guess it was compositing shots like it felt very advanced for the age. It aged well, like where you were seeing sort of, oh, there's Washington, D.C., but, you know, oh. they didn't get on a plane, oh, I don't no, think. No. Green screen. Yeah, all yeah, green and compositing, and it all looked good. I've seen some stuff of how they, like, there was one valley that they painted red. Yes, like, for the, 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 it was like a quarry that they were yeah. like, well, here's our American Southwest. But they did such a great job. Yeah. They painted the whole thing. The Blessing Way. The Blessing uh, Way, that's yeah. the one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we'll do, go to the Blessing Way. Yeah, yeah. That, was enough. that was the one where I was like, I don't know if 
for me to see Native Americans doing this. Stuff. Yeah, it was a magic, a magic Indian. It was totally like the magic minority. Yeah, the magic episode. minority. Um, Mulder gets so like direct Skinner at the end where he's like, "With all due respect, sir, yeah, be you." Like, oh, that's that's so intense, dude. Totally. We see the ironic American flag. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Something horrible happens, and we see the flag waving. I like that. It's great. Um, is there anything in the episode that you want to mention before we're? No, you know what? I, I just I I liked both more than I thought that I did, even in the rear view. And I think that's a. The, you hit the nail on the head when you said you know you hadn't seen X Files in a while. So yeah. the show's great. You love the show, and there's a lot about it that works, even when it's not like a top ten episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, the sort of the run of the mill ones, I think, are are judged unfairly against the ones that just for whatever reason the oh, collaboration yeah. produced a masterpiece and oh, you know it's easy to forget the other great episodes that they were able to do but you know my favorite is when you find a completely forgotten episode that is fucking great yeah you find one every now and then when you're like oh like never again is the one where Scully gets like a tattoo that talks it sounds so goofy um, oh, I don't know. Scully doesn't. Yes, get, he's dating a guy that gets the tattoo. Sorry. Right, right, right. And it's a VO by uh, Jodie Foster. Foster. Oh my god, that's a great episode. Yeah, and I'd forgotten that it was great. So love those when you stumble on those, you know. But even like this is better than almost I bet every episode of A Team or Manimal. Oh man, so much of that stuff is so hard to go back and look I know at. I tried to watch A Team. The one, the only thing I find from that era, you're gonna laugh, that I I think stands up. Ottoman? No, go. <laughs> uh, Magnum. I think. Really? Yes, there People are episodes Magnum. of Magnum that I think uh, stand up. That was not one of my shows. Yeah. I never really got into Magnum. Yeah. I didn't like the Hawaiian shirts. I didn't like the vibe of them. He was on vacation after Vietnam. Yeah. He was on a very long permanent yeah. vacation. Was he a Vietnam vet? He was a Vietnam vet. Okay. And some of the mythology of those, uh, uh, like Magnum straight up murders a guy at the end of one of the seasons. Oh, wow. He just, he's got him at 45. This is, if we can come up with a clever name for a Magnum podcast, we'll come back and okay, see, yeah, see how many Magnum fans are out there. Magnum P.I. <laughs> Magnum for podcast. podcast Magnum. <laughs> oh my oh God. God. Um, all right, thank you so much for coming. Supply hey, your, uh, thank you for today. having me. Yeah, you've I done really a bunch appreciate of it. You've done the Deadpool run. You've done. Yeah, Deadpool comes back in November. Uh, new number one, uh, Uncanny Avengers. Uh, number one is on stands now. Number two comes out the day that. Uh, it's uh, November 7th and then uh, Chewbacca continues through the end of the year We're, we'll be on stands for the movie which is really and what are the trades that you have out so a couple of Hulks I have a couple of Hulk trades a couple of Nova trades Uh, I think there's eight Deadpool or nine Deadpool trades now and uh, uh, Hawkeye versus Deadpool is a good on-ramp that's one you don't need to know a lot yeah so yeah come I'm not an easy I'm not a hard guy to find I'm at comic cons all over the place yeah and it's Jerry with a G Duggan. Yeah, yeah, yes. Jerry with a G at Jerry Duggan, but I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> There's no me. reason to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for coming. Thank you. Feral Audio. 
want to tell you guys about a really cool thing that Randy and I have been working on, and Dan's been involved in this in, as well. Yes, uh, we're building a fort. We are building a fort. <laughs> in no, some ways, we kind of are. A comedy fort of One sorts. of my favorite things that I see on social media is when someone posts a text chain between them and their mom, or mm-hmm. them and a funny friend. Or two comedians. Two comedians, and you get to see the interaction back and forth, which is so fun. At times, there are text chains that we are on, the three of us, that oh, are yeah. the funniest things ever that only the three of us get to see. So we had the idea, along with a couple other people wouldn't it be great to allow people to be a fly on the wall of these conversations that happen between funny friends of ours and funny people just back and forth to us it would be really fun and so that is sort of the germ of the idea of a special app called banter and we want you guys to try it and check it out all you got to do is sign up for it. it's free you find it in the app store it's called banter b-a-n-t-e-r uh, get the app it's free and we want you guys to check it out and just pick conversations that are between two people and it the conversations play out in real time and you get to hear it it's curated so so nobody's going to be embarrassed. Right. It's the best stuff. But again, if you have a couple of minutes, you're sitting on the toilet, you're waiting for a train, you're hanging out. So when you, when you want something, because I so many times this happens to me where I want a, just a quick blast a of something quick blast funny. blast of something and Twitter doesn't give it to me. I want to see this conversation happening between two really funny people yeah. and just get a laugh. We all need that in our day. So in order to do that, check out Banter and just download the app and uh, let us know what you think about it. 